Live it is. <laughs> Live from Stoneham. It's Scissors and Scrubs. <laughs> Live from Laura's basement. Oh, yeah. Scissors and Scrubs. The palace down here. <laughs> so welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. We're out of the mountains and out of the snow and we're not eating anybody. We're moving on. Yes. In the month of January. We've gotten past that. We decided to get back to roots. Mm-hmm. And we're going to actually talk about some medical stuff in this episode. <laughs> as much as I'd love to hear about cannibalism and freezing to death. And, I mean, which do have medical points. Yeah, I mean, it is a quote-unquote medical podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we should cover something. I guess. Uh, I was very excited today because I bought a new mattress. Laura's been hearing about it all afternoon. Uh, I went to the mattress store with Brian. Now, the, it's hard because I want quality. My husband just wants cheap. Yeah. That's the, he just wants the cheapest thing he can find. Yeah. So we go to the first mattress store. And of course, like, I love these salesmen. They bring you right over. Here's the Stearns and Foster's $5,000 mattress, which I didn't think was that comfortable. Yeah. Not going to lie. So I lay in this other one. And now I, I'm old. I'm officially old because it's like the adjustable head and the feet come up. It's got the USB ports on the base. I'm like, oh. I like this. It's got zero gravity, so your back is in the perfect position. I'm like, oh, I really like this bed. So I'm like, but I want to go. My I wanted to go to Jordan's. There's a plug for Jordan's. I wanted to go to mm-hmm. Jordan's. I wanted to meet Bridget, the bed machine thing. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. So Brian calls me the other day. He's like, you know, there's this mattress store in Revere. You want to go check it out? I'm like, here we go. Oh, Am I gonna boy. have to wipe the bed bugs off before mm-hmm. I lay on it? Like, what are you talking about? So I go down there this morning, and. They're going to give us the same amount, uh, same frame. I got the zero gravity. I got a little shake. I remember the old <laughs> hotels who put the quarter in oh, bed. God. <laughs> Does it like, do oh. that? Oh. <laughs> That's all I can think of. And they're like, it gives you a massage. That's not a massage. It's a like, what is that? You know? I don't know. <laughs> I was watching planes, trains, and automobiles, and he puts that in the bed. And the whole bed shake. So weird. <laughs> so, um, in the mattress, I laid it I'm like, oh, this is it. Because I have a memory foam right now. Ugh, I hate those. Fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Triple exclamation point. Mm-hmm. I will never underline, 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 get another one. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I feel when I lay on my side, like my clavicle is shooting out my <laughs> other shoulder. Right? My spine, my hips, all the, I hate it. Yeah. And I think every back problem I'm suffering right now mm-hmm. at this moment on your futon is from my bed. Probably. So, by the time we record again, I shall have been in my new bed for about two weeks, okay. which is getting a little bit Thursday. And yes, I got it from the cheesy storm review. Oh, but it was a nice bed. So I said to him, all right, I, I, I'm okay with this because I like this bed. I said, but, you know, we never did go where I wanted to go. Just saying. He's like, it's all overhead. They're going to charge you a ton of money. I'm like, well, all the money I saved in the bed is going to go to the new couch. He's like, wait a minute. Wait. I'm like, ah, you do. Yeah. There's always a catch, my love. Yeah. Always a catch. Okay. <laughs> Totally on sidetrack about my bed, but I felt like it was something I needed to discuss for the new year because here we are in the new year, yes, which is very same as the old year. I, I'm not feeling, I'm hoping it's like March where it comes in like a lion, but goes out like a lamb. That would be nice. I'm really hoping. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting putting money on that one. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do, we were sitting at work one night and we're like, what are we going to do for January? Mm-hmm. I didn't think we should talk any more death and dismemberment, give you guys a little break before mm-hmm. the summer series. And we decided to do awareness Yes, January uh, Awareness Month. Awareness Awareness. So the awareness things in January, uh, one of them is glaucoma. Nice. Glaucoma. So we're going to talk about glaucoma. <laughs> Shh. Shh. I'm sorry. Did I say that? No. <laughs> I'll try to make it entertaining. I got my information from Medical News Today. Okay. 
Laura, mm-hmm. glaucoma. Do you know what it's known as? It's known as the thief of sight. Oh, I didn't know thief that. Thief of sight. Wow. Because it's a silent thief. Very quiet oh. glaucoma. Okay. Glaucoma is a disease of the eye which fluid pressure fluid pressure within the eye rises. I'm like, did I make this right? As I'm reading it, I really need to reread these things I know. when I have written I it like three weeks ago. So it's when fluid pressure within the eye rises. Mm-hmm. So you've got your eyeball. The eyeball is hollow. It is filled with this viscous, nasty fluid. Yeah, that's gross. Okay. If it's left untreated, the patient may lose vision and even become blind. Eesh. Age and thyroid problems can increase the risk of glaucoma. Hmm. So anatomy of what is actually going on. All right. It's really hard to give you anatomy of the eye because the eye fixtures you have to see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm going to talk to you about the anterior chamber of the eye that has fluid going in and out of it, you have no idea what the anterior chamber of the eye is. But it's so you get the color of your eye, and then your eye has like a little bubble on the outside. Mm-hmm. Between that, that's your anterior chamber. The anterior chamber, the, this fluid constantly going in and out of it, it's bathing your eye, it's keeping everything clean, it's mm-hmm. washing any impurities out. That's how you see. The fluid nourishes and bathes surrounding tissues as well. And glaucoma is when that fluid either drains too slowly or it builds up, which increases the pressure in the eye. I hate eyes. I hate eyes. Literally can't stand them. Yeah. It's disgusting. There's a reason I don't work at the eye in here. I don't do cataracts. No. Mm. They put all the nerve block in the eyeball. They put the big needle in and then they put that crazy retractor in the eye. Yeah, so they're just staring up at the sky. Oh, it's awful. Yep. Yep. Don't like it. Don't like Mm. eyes. Okay. So this can cause cause damage. I have not even had a drink in two weeks. So I swear to you, this is not a drunk episode. This can cause damage to the optic nerve and cause blindness. Blindness. Obviously, the optic nerve, that's how you see. Mm -hmm. There are two types of glaucoma for glaucoma awareness. So you need to be aware of both of them this month. All right. Open angled Mm -hmm. and angled closure. Uh Uh-oh. Open angled. Most common. Okay. Everybody has open angled. Also known as wide-angled. Mm-hmm. The drain of the eye looks fine, but the fluid just doesn't want to go. Ew. Page turn, which means I'm getting through this. I'm getting through this glaucoma. All right, stay with me. It's a slow increase in pressure, so it's painless. You have no oh. idea this is going on, mm-hmm. and it usually will go unnoticed until you have damaged your optic nerve. Okay. This is why you need to go for yearly eye checks, because mm-hmm. they will test you. For glaucoma. Mm-hmm. There are four types of open-angled glaucoma. When I tell you I really dumbed this down, mm-hmm. because whoever wrote this article is really excited about glaucoma. <laughs> like, they were really into glaucoma. So primary, you have low pressure. It's the optic nerve's damage through low pressure. It results from poor blood flow to the optic nerve. It's associated with migraines, raynodes, sleep apnea. I have I was going to say, I might have that glaucoma. Raynodes, yeah. Probably I'm going to be blind next week. Oh, look what I found. <laughs> So we're doing this um, cleanse. Yeah. And I came over. We had dinner. And she's like, do you want a fizz stick packet? I said, no, mm-hmm. I put one in my bag. And I looked at the bag. Can't find the fizz stick packet. She's like, just take the one. I, I'll, I'll just give you one. I said, I guarantee you I'm going to be doing the episode. Yeah. I'm gonna find it. And guess what's sitting on my lap? Pomegranate fizz stick. Okay. <laughs> delicious. It's life. delish. Mm-hmm. So congenital glaucoma. Mm-hmm. It occurs in infants and young children due to abnormal development of the eye. Mm-hmm. So in children and young uh, infants and young children the sin- symptoms are light sensitivity, watery eyes and a tendency to keep their eyes shut. Well, infants sleep 24 hours I a know. day, so I don't really know how you're going to tell. And the eyes may also appear larger than normal or a little cloudy. Oh. So yeah, you got to take care of that. Then there is secondary open angled glaucoma. 
these are caused by abnormal deposits of material in the drainage angle. <laughs> Medications can cause this and trauma can cause this. There are four types of this. Oh my god. Oh, well, I don't even want to get into those. It's not even it's not even important, okay? There's four types of that. Then you have angle closure glaucoma. This is a mechanical problem that exists in the drainage of the eye, meaning the iris, which is the color of your eye, is too close to the meshwork of the drainage. Oh. I don't know why it gets too close. Mm. I don't know if it just wants to get warm. I don't know yeah. why it's there, but it is. Intraocular pressure rises very quickly, and it is known as acute angular closure attack. And oh. this can cause blindness in a matter of hours. Oh, my God. Yes, I didn't realize that. Glaucoma is really that little, little thief of eyesight, but it's also a killer of it. Mm. Okay. It can be prevented by a laser surgery called an... <laughs> I love the eye words. Iridotomy. Oh. I think it's iridotomy. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. I think it takes your iris out. Mm -hmm. Symptoms of acute ankle closure attack are sudden blurry vision, eye redness, severe eye pain, headache, and nausea. Yeah, I bet. If your eyeball is like full right. of pressure. And suddenly. if you're nausea, you're going to be vomiting. Mm -hmm. They always go hand in hand. Remember that. Mm -hmm. They love to be together. They're a married couple. You're going to see rainbows, rainbow colored rings or halos around lights. That's part of the attack. There's a couple of honorable mentions. Okay. Book. You have chronic angle closure, secondary angle closure, and neurovascular angle closure. I'm just not going to get into it because we're just it's going to get too technical and nobody cares. <laughs> okay. Glaucoma is checked for whenever you get your eyes checked. So I hate, go. That is literally the only yeah. part of the eye doctor. Isn't I it hate. when like they put the thing yeah. right on your eye? Oh, it's when they go with the air. It. I hate it. Isn't that the which yeah, the one that they actually put it on your eyeball and you're like, Ugh. I don't know. They I put one that. and they actually I think it measures the there's like a little cup. And you have to sit there and they bring it right in and they put this thing on your eyeball. Oh, my doctor doesn't do that. He just blows the air. Maybe you're not old enough. Maybe, probably. Oh. Mm. You do have a lot of congenital weird shit I going do. on. I do have cataracts. <laughs> I don't have glaucoma. You have a lot of weird shit. Okay. So most treatment for glaucoma is eye drops. You have prostaglandin eye drops, carbonic hmm, anhydrase inhibitors, collagenic agents, and beta blockers. Mm -hmm. Compliance is vital vital for best results and to prevent undesirable side effects. I would assume. So once you start, let's move almost any medication. If you don't take it as prescribed, weird shit can happen to you. Yeah. So take medication as prescribed. Okay. There is no way to prevent glaucoma. Oh. If it's coming, it's coming. So get regular eye checks. That is your awareness takeaway for glaucoma this month. Get regular eye checks. Yes. Thank you. Good job. Okay. Laura, over to you. Okay, I'm going to do cervical cancer because January is also Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. Mm. I got this information. That just hurts in all the wrong places. I know. Credi Health and Mayo Clinic. Um, the cervix, if you don't know, is the lower part of the uterus that connects to the vagina. So you get vagina, cervix, uterus. Vagina? Vagina. <laughs> um, cervical cancer is a type of cancer that occurs in the cells there. So signs and symptoms. In early stage, there's usually no symptoms. So you have no idea you have this. When you're in the early stages, usually. Okay. Advanced cervical cancer, the signs and symptoms are vaginal bleeding between mm -hmm. periods, mm -hmm. after sex, or after menopause, which I swear to God, if I stop bleeding after menopause, I might lose my mind. I would hang myself. Right. But that's like, that's a symptom of a lot of things, too. It is. But if so you're if bleeding you, at any point, regularly, you shouldn't be. Go get checked. Yeah. Um, watery, bloody vaginal discharge but that may be heavy and may have a foul odor. Okay. Discharge. That's mm. another word. Mm. Don't like it. Mm -hmm. Don't want to use it. No. Um, pelvic pain or pain during sex. 
see a doctor when you have any of those symptoms. Okay. Even if it's not for this, there's a problem. There's something and you need going to get on. Seen. There's something going on. Um, causes of cervical cancer. Is, so healthy cells in the cervix develop mutations of their DNA. Um, that tell the cells to grow and multiply out of control and they don't die like they normally would. So usually, you know, your cell lives a certain life cycle yeah, and it dies and off, sloughs off. Gets old. This These mutations in these cervical cells just tell them to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, and they're not dying at all. So you're getting a big, huge cervix. Yeah, so these mutated cells then form a mass or a tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, then these insane cells or cancer cells. <laughs> these insane cells. <laughs> um, break off. <laughs> And invade other cells. Fuckers. Yep. They aren't sure what causes cervical cancer, but HPV definitely plays a leading role in developing it. And we talked about that when we talked about um, HPV in the STD Yep. Episode. Last Valentine's Day episode. Yes. We should have done another STD oh, episode yeah. for Valentine's Day. Hmm. Sorry, we picked up yeah. presidents this year. Yeah. Um, although most people with HPV will never develop cancer, you can, and it is a problem. Yes. That is why there is a vaccine. Which... You know how we feel about vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two types of um, cervical cell cancer. Uh, cervical cancer. There's squamous cell, which is the most common, and it starts in the outer lining of the outer part of the cervix. Okay. Um, the lining is made of flat, thin cells, which are squamous cells. So you have squamous cells ev- everywhere, all over. It doesn't mean you can get squamous cell of uh, the face. You can get squamous cell of the lung. Throat, you get, like, the lung. Everywhere. like you, it lines. It doesn't mean like I know some people think squamous cell is skin. Mm. It doesn't mean you have skin's cancer in your cervix. It is cervical cancer. It's just that type Same of cell cells. is where it is lined. That's lining that part. Um, and adenocarcinoma is the other type, and that begins in the column-shaped glandular cells that line the cervical canal. So two different cells mm-hmm. are being attacked there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes the cancer is actually in both cells. Oh, well, that's not good. No. It's very, it very rarely occurs in other cells in the cervix, though. It's usually just the squamous cells or the glandular cells. Um, di- how they would diagnose you is, um, A, you should start screening by twenty age 21. Easy. Easy. I'm, you should be having pap smears by then. I mean, yeah. I've been having them since I swear I was born, but just get them early. You dirty girl. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Four years old up in the stirrups. I'm yeah. ready. Let's go. Ready. Bring it on. cervical cancer. <laughs> um, so they're going to do a pap smear. A pap smear scrapes the cells of your cervix. Then they you just you know, use another word? I can't. Well, they Could scrape them. Just, they brush it like... Brush they swab it. it. I just... They're scraping them. Oh. Um, and then, you know, they take them, put them on a slide, look at them in a lab. They um, smear it on a slide. Smear pap it. smear. Um, they can show cancerous cells or abnormal cells that show changes that increase your risk of cervical cancer. So I remember I was like... 16 and I get, got a pap smear and my, my, my mother on the phone in her bedroom and, and I remember her hysterical crying if you know my mother oh yeah she cries at the drop of a hat and I'm like what how are you her child your <laughs> pap smear is irregular you they found abnormal cells and I'm like okay so like am I dying like I don't know yeah. you know like what does that mean I, well you have to go back for another one I'm like oh, okay like I'm fine. F- yeah. FYI. Um, <laughs> she's a long way from 16. <laughs> so she's still here. <laughs> um, and then they can also do an HPV DNA test. And that tests the cervical cells for infection with any of the types of HPV that, that likely lead to cervical cancer. So they actually test the cells themselves. Um, if they think you have cervical cancer or abnormal cells are found on the screening, you'll probably have a colposcopy. Which I have had. 
I like that you were able to get that word out and not stumble over it. Because well, I've actually had it done. Yes, but so I'd still be stumbling. Your doctor looks in your cervix with a special lens to check for abnormal cells. Um, they'll also probably do a punch biopsy or an endocervical curative. And a punch biopsy isn't they come over and punch you in the face. No, and, they no. take a... <laughs> it's literally it's like, like a, a little thing that punches like a like ticket. Like a hole puncher. Yeah. Yeah. Into your cervix. <laughs> Chink. It's a little crampy. Yeah. yeah. Mm, a little bit. Um... They can do a punch biopsy that uses a sharp instrument to pinch off small samples of your cervical tissue. Ooh, God, um, I'm like clenching. I'm giggling just listening to this. They can do an endocervical curatage that uses a curette or like a thin metal brush kind of mm-hmm. to scrape the cervical tissue. Um, they are then all sent to the lab. There's a lot of scraping There's and punching in this. A lot of scraping and... Mm-hmm. If the, but honestly, just go get it done. Because yeah. it's really, it sounds terrible. But they, they give you medication. I've had it all done. It's fine. Nothing's bad. It's fine. You got to do it because the treatment later on is worse than right. this stuff. Um, if those come back questionable, you can have an electric wire loop, which uses an electrified wire to get a small tissue sample. And that's done under local anesthesia. The other stuff they don't really give you anything much. for. It's quick. It's in and out. You're done. Um, the electric wire loop, they will give you like, Novocaine, um, or a comb biopsy, which takes a deeper layer of cervical cells, and that's usually done in the hospital under general anesthesia. Yep. Um, if you have cervical cancer, your cancer will be staged. They will get CAT scans, MRIs, PET scans to see if your cancer has spread. They may also do a cystoscopy or sigmoidoscopy to look for any cancer in the bladder or rectum because that's surrounding mm-hmm. the cervix. Um, treatment depends on the stage of your cancer, other health problem, other health problems, and your patient you know the patient's preferences surgery chemo radiation or a combo of the three can be used for early stage cervical cancer um it's usually treated with surgery okay they go in they take out the part that has cancer and you're good to go so and uh, definitely go get your pap smear so you can just get it done like that um if you have a very small cervical cancer the whole thing may be cut out with a cone biopsy so just a quick Mm -hmm. office visit maybe a little local anesthesia um a trachea Ah, here it comes i didn't have this stuff <laughs> a trachelectomy and there it is or removal of surgery can all removal, removal of, surgery. of surgery can you do that in my life please i wouldn't have to work again <laughs> i think i meant cervix <laughs> <laughs> the removal of the cervix can also be done for early stage cervical cancer the uterus remains intact so you will be able to get pregnant um you can have a hysterectomy that's the most common surgery to m- remove most early stage cervical cancer this removes the cervix, uterus, part of the vagina, and the surrounding lymph nodes. This can cure early stage cervical cancer and prevent recurrence. Yeah. Um, radiation is often combined with chemo to treat advanced local cervical cancer. It can be given externally by directing a radiation beam at the affected body part, which is mm-hmm. hoo. <laughs> or internally with brachytherapy. Which is when which a de- is in your inside yoo-hoo. Yeah. Which is when a device filled with radioactive material is placed in your vagina for a few minutes. Doesn't that sound pleasant? Mm-hmm. Or both. You could have yeah. both. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, if menopause hasn't started, radiation might kick you into it. Maybe I should go. I know. Just, just why not just do it? Uh, you can have low dose chemo with radiation for local advanced cervical cancer and high dose to help control symptoms of advanced cervical cancer. Um, risk factors for getting cervical cancer, are many sexual partners that, cause that increases your risk of HPV. So right. that increases your risk of cervical cancer. Um, early sexual activity, cause that increases your risk of HPV, which 
Recursive. Increases your risk. <laughs> and um, one follows the other. STIs <laughs> increases your risk of HPV. A weakened immune system. Smoking. Ooh. Especially causes the squamous cell cancers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, exposure to DES, which was a miscarriage prevention drug. If your mom was pregnant in the 50s. She took it. She might have taken it, and you have an increased risk of clear cell adenocarcinoma. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. To reduce your risk, ask about the HPV vaccine. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Um, Rule get number one routine. for January awareness. Right. Get routine pap smears. Go get your pap smears. Um, practice safe sex, and don't smoke. So my horror story is we had a 30-year-old within the past two years come in. Mm-hmm. Terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. She had never had a pap smear. And she was dying from cervical cancer oh because she God. had never had a pap smear. So, oh January, God. you're going to go get an eye test. And you're going to go down in the hall to the gynecologist mm-hmm. and you're going to get your pap smear. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're going to make sure you don't have a child that has intestinal malrotation <laughs> or volvulus. Because <laughs> shockingly, January is also intestinal malrotation and volvulus and children awareness month wow you know i love all the weird shit i know we're gonna have like what color ribbon would you wear for this shit brown brown I okay feel. yeah shit brown now you can tell how lazy i got when i was doing this because i just printed it <laughs> i highlighted it and i'm like oh, i'm just fucking talking about this because i just the day I was, I was i was not into my stuff people were talking to me and i was like oh god I, we were supposed to record before and yeah. we weren't feeling well so it's a long story okay so intestinal mal rotation and volvulus little um medical terminology mm-hmm. in medicine m a l always means bad bad mal practice mm-hmm. mal rotation bad rotation mm-hmm. Malfeasance. Ooh. That's a legal term. I don't know what it means, but that's something. <laughs> but it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. And this shit's so tiny. I don't know if I can read off oh, piece of paper. God. Okay. Intestinal. Let me move my microphone a little bit here. Intestinal malrotation is a birth defect. It happens when your baby's intestinal tract doesn't form as it should during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Malrotation happens when your baby's intestines doesn't turn like it should. You can have malrotation as an adult as well and we see it it's you for some reason mm-hmm. your bowel just twists up and when it does that nothing gets through and the pieces that are twist will die mm-hmm. the cause this can cause a problem called a volvulus mm-hmm. after your baby is born in this condition your baby's intestines get twisted i just said that this can cause an intestinal blockage and when this has happened it's very bad yes it also cuts off blood flow to the intestine, and this can damage your baby's intestines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they only have so many. You only have so much, and they can only cut out so much because then you get short gut syndrome. Right. You get all these other weird things that will happen if you don't have enough intestines. It looks like a lot. Please stop chopping away at it. Yeah. Most children with this condition have symptoms within the first year of life. Some people who have had malrotation go their whole lives without even knowing they have them and are never diagnosed. Other people's... Other people's... Other people's... Mm-hmm. May have may not have symptoms until adolescence or adulthood because we do see this come in. Yeah, you know, you can also have a malrotation of the testicle. Yeah, you can have a malrotation of the ovary. Mm-hmm. That's an emerging case it's as bad, well. Bad, bad. Yes. So, what causes a malrotation of ovulus in a child? Laura, yeah. you asked the best question. Let me tell you, malrotation happens in the early stages of pregnancy. When I didn't I just read this, when the baby's intestines don't form the right way. The volvulus is called by the malrotation. All right. Malrotation happens 
equally in boys and girls, but more boys have symptoms by the first month of life than girls because girls are just stronger. They're tougher. Brian and I actually had this discussion. Was like, yeah, women are the strongest sex. I'm, I'm, I said, honey, when there's twins, it's always the guy that dies. Always. Always the male the that dies. The girl's the stronger one. We are strong. You just, it's all that propaganda. It was all that fake news you guys put out that you're the mm-hmm. stronger sex. Mm-hmm. Babies with other health issues have a greater risk of having a malrotation. These problems include a diaphragmatic hernia. A lot of these kids come out, their intestines are in their chest yeah. when you have a diaphragmatic hernia. <sighs> um, Phallocele, I'm not really sure what that is. And a duodenal atresia. That's, your duodenum is really like shrunken, yeah. isn't it? It's like, it's, it's like not there. Okay. Symptoms of malrotation involve the other than a child. Vomiting green digestive fluid, also known as bile. Drawing up the legs. So when you'll see this with any baby with gas pains, they they bring their legs up and they're screaming because they're so uncomfortable. Stomach pain, swollen belly, diarrhea, constipation. So one or the other, I guess, or both. Rectal bleeding, failure to thrive because they're not eating because they've got this big twist going on. Fast heart rate, fast breathing. And that's it for symptoms. So. What can be done? How do we diagnose this? They get a health history of the child, and they will also give the child an exam. You're going to do blood tests. They guayak the stool. you got CT scans. They do x-rays. Barium swallows, which they give you that nasty white chalky substance. Yeah. They have it go through your, in, your um, intestines, and they take x-rays while it's going down. Mm-hmm. That's for your upper GI. They will give you a barium enema where they shoot that chalky stuff up your butt, and then mm-hmm. they do the same thing. A flexible sigmoidoscope, which is when they put a little flexiscope up your butt. Mm-hmm. So, how do you treat it? Treatment will depend on your child's symptoms, age, and general health. It will also depend on how severe the condition is. It is The volvulus is a life-threatening problem. So, this is because the intestine um, can die when it's twisted mm-hmm. and it doesn't have enough blood supply. So, they're going to get antibiotics to prevent an infection. They're probably going to need an NG tube, which is a tube that goes down your throat. They, they have an NG and an OG. An NG is in your nose. An OG goes down your, your um, esophagus mm-hmm. through your mouth. They both go into your stomach to drain the fluid and everything to keep. If somebody has a really bad blockage, it's actually going to drain stool yeah. through, your, through your mouth. I know so that's gross. You're just out everything right. from your gut. It's keeping it out too. so that you're not going to have other problems because everything's blocked up. Mm-hmm. A child with a volvulus is going to need surgery as soon as possible. It's an emergent case because mm-hmm. you're trying to save the blood supply to the bowel. You're trying to save. Um, you're trying to save the bowel. The child's surgeon will untwist the intestines and they will always check it for damage. They run in the bowel. That's we the famous, the we're going to run the bowel. Your child's intestine will turn pink after it is. I don't know why we had to go into this because they're not going to be in there to see. So when it comes in and they it's, open up the belly. It's like a blacky, it can look, bluey. Yeah, it can look many ways. It can be dusky, like mm-hmm. a dusky gray. Mm-hmm. It can be bluey black. Mm-hmm. That's not coming back. They're cutting that yeah, out. Yeah, that's cutting them out. And then... If it's that dusky gray and they untwist it and you can see it almost immediately, it turns this pretty little pink. Mm-hmm. Intestines are a pretty little... We watch it for a couple minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty pinky gray color. Okay. So they're going to give you surgery. Um, if your child's health care provider isn't sure about the blood supply to the intestines, your child's intestines may be untwisted and put back into your child's belly. What? What did I just read? So they... I don't know why I'm reading the surgery part because I know it. So they untwist it, they stick it back in, they make sure they kind of jiggle it around, especially in little babies because they're so tiny, it's hard yeah. to put everything back. They kind of like, like a, they kind of shake do it like, that too? like a pot of spaghetti. I was going to say like a thing with yeah. spaghetti. If you're in the colon, they kind of shake it, put yeah. it all back together. They're going to sew the baby up. Yeah. Okay. What are the complications of a malrotation of ovulus in a child? It can cause 
Lads bands. These are stalks of tissue that form between the cecum mm. and the intestinal wall, and they can form a blockage and keep food from being digested. So it's adhesions. You're going to yeah. get adhesions when anytime you go into somebody's abdomen for any reason, mm-hmm. your abdomen responds by creating adhesions. If you tend to create lots of adhesions, your it's going to clog up your bowel because your bowel can't get around the adhesions or it's hung up on an adhesion mm-hmm. and it's going to twist because your bowels move around with you. Like, right. so if you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when you literally fail it moves, yeah. like it's, it's literally moving around in there. Yeah. So if it moves the wrong way, it's going to get hung up on a, um, an adhesion and you're done. So evolvulus, evolvulus is considered the life threatening. And we've already talked about that. Most children who have volvulus go and get surgery. We've talked about that. So we're going to have our eyes checked. We're going to the GYN. And you're going to make sure when your kid is born that they're not screaming in intestinal pain because they have a malrotation of volvulus. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to you, Sparkles. Okay. January is also National Blood Donor Month. Oh, very important, very important, mm-hmm. very important. I got this from few.org and Amer- the American Red Cross. So National Blood Donor Month has been celebrated since 1970. That's it? I know. Um, They do it in January to try to increase blood and platelet donations during the winter. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It is more difficult during the winter months to collect all the blood needed because weather causes a lot of blood drives to cancel. People don't want to go out. There's the flu. what's happened with COVID with the blood drives. So I don't think they have the blood drives anymore, but you could definitely go to your... But I wonder how it's affected it malway. Oh, yes. Like how... It's definitely down. Yeah. they t- I know when we go into work, if you go down to the blood bank, you can give it any time. Because oh, they're in um, desperate need of it. Um, and plus, they can't take it from you if you've been sick or you've been in contact with somebody sick. Or, right. You know, right, so. Right. What about if you just had the vaccine? I don't know. I think they are encouraging that because they're encouraging people who are um, recovered to donate. Because that's helping people. Interesting. But I don't, I mean, I don't know about the vaccine. I mean, I, mo- I lost the memo that says if I got my vaccine, I need to put it on Facebook. So I didn't put it on Facebook. So everybody may not know I had my vaccine. Right. We okay. both did. Um, so anyway, so they cancel a lot of drives because of weather and you have the flu going around. People don't feel yeah. good. They're sick. So people don't give in the winter a lot. So if you've got nothing to do, like we do, <laughs> find somewhere where you can donate blood and go. I may do that next time. Donate I go to work. blood. Um, so people over 17 and 16 with parental consent in some states weighing over 110 pounds and in good health um, can be eligible to donate. So what happens when you donate? I used to donate all the time. I used to too. I can't anymore because we have that hemochromatosis and you can't donate blood. I haven't been able to do it in a long time because my kids sucked the life out of me and I'm chronically anemic. Anemic, yeah. So I haven't tried in probably since Garrett was two. Yeah. I probably should try again. I used to go all the time. My friend Katie, I don't know if she's still, she went Literally would, all the time. All like the time. every, on the day she could give, she would be back. I'm O negative, so I can give it oh, to yeah. anybody. Yeah. I'm O positive, but still, oh, yeah. anybody. Yeah. Just go donate, because somebody could use your blood. Right. Um. Anyways, so when you get there, they're going to ask you for a picture ID. They'll give you like an info, info pamphlet um, to you read. said an infant. I'm like, they give you an infant? No, they don't give you an infant. Here, hold this. <laughs> yeah. Just see. So let's see how good you are. It'll help you blood. Um, <laughs> so you read it and see if you're even eligible to donate at that time before they start any of their mm-hmm. process. Um, they ask you for your address. You'll fill out a confidential screener about travel and your health history. There's a ton of questions you get to fill out. They're like, you'll be like, these are the most random questions I've ever heard in my right. life. And right. But fill them out. They're important. Um, you'll have to tell them about medications you take. They'll check your blood pressure, your pulse, your temperature, and your hemoglobin level. It's like a little teeny stick in your finger. 
um, and they can tell if you have enough. Yeah, see if you're um, anemic and you yeah. can't donate. When you're ready to donate, they'll place you on a bed or a recliner in some places. They'll cleanse your arm. They, like, really scrub it. Oh, yeah. It's not like getting a blood drawn at the doctor's. No, they not scrub even a bit. that. Um, they insert a sterile needle. It's a quick quick pinch in, in, in a second. Um, they usually have you squeeze, like, the soft ball while you're donating your blood. <laughs> Um, my mother comes home with them every time because she has to give <laughs> blood because of the hemochromatosis. Yeah. She has to go get leaded. And they give them to her. She's like, oh, here, everybody wants... Here's like, oh, another squeezy ball. No. Um, it takes about 10 minutes to donate a pint of whole blood. 10 minutes. You can You're in and out. do this. And they get great cookies and orange juice well, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, when you have donated a pint, they remove the needle and bandage up your arm. If you are donating plasma, you'll be hooked up to an, um, a freesis machine which is connected to both arms. It collects a small amount of blood from one arm, removes the platelets, and returns the rest of the blood through your other arm. Well, I don't want my blood now. You took all the good shit out of it. <laughs> Keep it, re- it. It repeats this cycle several times over two hours. So when Ooh, you donate plasma, it time. is a... But it's important. It plasma is, wicked is important. important. Um, my, my friend Katie used to do that too. Um, after you donate, you'll get a snack and a drink. You'll wait about 15 <laughs> minutes, and then you go on your way, knowing you made a huge difference. Yeah. You really made a huge difference in someone's life. And usually they're giving shit out. Like, right. yeah, take T-shirts, a t-shirt. free hey, parking. Yeah. Right, like, and the snack and the drink. Yeah. Right? I mean, I say free parking because hospital employees, they'll give you free parking out front oh, yeah. at the closed garages if you get blood, or they give you this cute... I like the t-shirts. I haven't seen the t-shirts in a while, but they used to have funny Halloween yeah. ones yeah. and stuff, like, or tickets shirts. to the gift shop or whatever. Yeah. Um, there are health benefit benefits for blood donors. Ooh. You get a free blood test. They will let you know if something is abnormal. Right. So you're checking up on yourself. You have the satisfaction of saving human lives. <laughs> Which is good for everybody. Right. It burns 650 calories. Oh, shit. I'm going tomorrow. I go to a bar and class. And I eat McDonald's while I yeah. do it. <laughs> when you can burn 650 sitting there for 10 Could minutes. Could I do it every day? I mean, no, but... I would I, be shoving food. I know. Like, oh, that's it. Um, it reduces your risk of heart disease by eliminating excess buildup of iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also reduces your risk of cancer. The They're really stretching the benefits here, okay? Reduce your risk of iron, which reduces your risk of cancer. It really? does. I've never had a problem with like a high iron. I mean, was, I'm anemic. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, fast facts. Fast facts. Okay. Those are my favorites. Every two seconds in the U.S., someone needs a blood transfusion. Yes. Every two seconds. Yes, that's true. About 36,000 units um, of red blood cells are needed every day in the U.S. I believe it. About 7,000 units of platelets and 10,000 units of plasma are used daily in the U.S. Yes. If not more. I know. Average red blood cell transfusion uses three units. So usually when you're giving yeah. someone blood, they're getting three units of Unless it. Unless you're in a trauma and it's 43 Oh my units. God, it's yeah. a ridiculous amount of blood. The floor is littered with blood bags. Um, blood type most requested by hospitals is? Oh, negative. Oh, it's just the blood type. Negative. Um, negative. There are about 100,000 people with sickle cell disease in the U.S. They may require blood transfusions their whole lives. Yeah. Um, American Cancer Society estimates more than 1.8 million people were diagnosed with cancer in 2020. A lot of them need blood, especially during chemo. Yeah. So that's 1.8, yeah. right? They are just yeah. living regular lives. Um, a single car accident victim can need 100 units of blood. Yeah. I've seen that yeah, we've personally. Seen just in the OI, and never mind when they get to the ICU. That's just the blood. That's not the FFP, no. albumin, and everything else they're giving them. No. Only 3% of eligible donors donate every year. Wow. Yeah. That's pathetic. Yes. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. 
13.6 million units of whole blood are collected in the U.S. yearly. O negative can be given to patients of all blood types. About 45% of people in the U.S. have type O. I'm a giver. But only 7% of population is O negative. So it is always in high demand. I am you are special. <laughs> um, type AB plasma can be used in all blood types, which I didn't realize. So I think because O negative, your blood doesn't recognize anything. It's it, it, There's nothing on it. There's no yes. proteins on yes. it. What did you say? AB plasma can be used in all blood types. Right. Because... Um, it's a, I don't I didn't know because I think a one is the universal joint receiver they can yes receive. but this is to give right. plasma it's different with plasma yeah you're right because I was like it gets yeah, confusing no, yeah A B is the universal recipient yes O that's is it, the universal it can, donor it, it it has everything on yeah. it so it recognizes everything um but type A B plasma can be used in all blood that's types. bizarre yeah. I didn't realize that okay me neither only three percent of the U S population is type A B yeah so it is always in short supply extremely so rare if you are A B please think about donating plasma. Right. Um, RBCs have to be used within 42 days. Red blood cells. Red blood cells, sorry. Platelets have to be used within five days. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, to make a donation, download the American Red Cross Blood Donor app, go to redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. It Please is very donate. important. It's donate. really it important. It is. Like I said, I used to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Because it is important. On this end, we see... How it changes lives, it really does. It saves lives. Oh yeah, blood donation saves lives. And it's and it's in a it's an it's a critical low. It's always in a critical low level. Like right, you know, we'll we'll be doing these huge traumas, and they're calling up like, "What are you thinking?" Because this is an awful lot of blood, and there's other people that need it to. Not that they don't give it, to, but they're just saying, "Okay, can we think about something else?" Because mm-hmm. you can't burn. There's only so much blood that people don't. I remember donate. the. Rhode Island fire. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get in to donate blood. Yeah. So many people donate, which I thought was fantastic. They were yeah. actually saying to people, please wait. You know, we'll give you a day. Please wait because they had... So- and I just thought that was great to see that. I- yeah. It, but plus, like this, it only lasts 42 days. Right. And then the platelets only last five. So but you, I think you know. we live in a world where all we see is shit. Mm-hmm. How bad people are. How everybody hates each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody sucks. You suck. I suck. I hate who you were like. And I hate you... When you see something like yeah. that happen in the human response, mm-hmm. it, it warms my heart to yeah. think, like, people really do care and people really, really try. Mm-hmm. We just need to get back there somehow without trauma. Yeah. Okay. So, but only 3%. So, please, if you listen you have to, to I this. mean, 3% of the world population, like, come on, if the population of the United States is donating or whatever, blood it's, donors. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So, please, if you are able to. Donate, donate, donate. It donate. does not harm you in any way. Give the gift of life. <laughs> you feel fine literally when you leave. Like yeah. it's you get cookies, you get crackers. They give mean, you like a plethora of yeah. junk food to choose from. Please look up the Red Cross and see. Six hundred calorie burn. You could bring I a mean, Big Mac seriously. with you. You could have half the McDonald's menu. You don't have to exercise that no. day. Like no. how good is that? It would be great. I'd have you could have one of your stackables while you're doing Ooh, it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, yeah. So we're gonna get your eyes checked. Mm-hmm. Get a Pap smear. Mm-hmm. You're going to make sure you have no children with weird no, shit going on in their bellies. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go get some blood because that's what you should be doing in January. Yes. That is the awareness for January. Get out there. you got nothing else to do. Exactly. So, you know how I love fan mail. Uh-huh. And we got a couple of fan mail letters all at once. I'm so excited. Mike. I love when I see we have a little text thing that pops up for scissors and scrubs. And it pops up and I'm always like, God, please, I hope this is Mike sending me some kind of like fan mail something. I love to read them. Uh, so we're going to read two of them. Which one do you want to read, Laura? Um, 
I don't care. Do you want to just start? No. All right. Uh, Okay. You know, what's funny is we apparently have a big fan base in the South. (laughs) I swear to God. I can't say y'all that easy. They must be making fun of our accents because I... Don't know what else. Because I think every letter we've ever gotten is "Hey y'all," and I'm like, "Yep, I don't, I don't say that right, but I'm trying." All right, I can read them in order. Like I got the first one was the longer one. Yeah, do that one. Okay. All right. So this is number one. Again, all my writing is small. Hello, ladies. I am a new listener to your podcast. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you made it through the penis episode. (laughs) I just finished show episode thirty three, so I think she did. Yeah. If you're listening in order. I'm not sure if y'all have done an episode about the first day of, on the floor as a nurse. But here's my little story. Well, we're all our nurses. So we don't do the first day on the floor. But we do have our first episode of... The very like first episode is all the yeah. first shit we saw. Anyway. I started working in the UD less than two months after completing my nursing program. God bless you. God, that's a transition. Yeah, no kidding. That's like from the frying pan and the fire. Yeah. I had a week of orientation and it was promptly started on the floor. <laughs> Jesus, where the hell are you working, kid? Chicago? My first day, I was involved in my first code. Of course. Of course it is. The room is full of nurses and I honestly had no idea what I was doing. None of us do. Mm-mm. Someone s- said, so get a blood sugar on, uh, on the patient. So I decided I can at least handle that. I am shaking so badly with adrenaline. So obviously, even getting a blood sugar was like a challenge. Anything. I just said to somebody, yeah. I'm like, when I'm into trauma... I can't find anything in the cabinets. No, it could be nothing. In my hands. I'm like, I don't know where it is. Yeah. It's adrenaline level. It's, yeah, you can't. it's ridiculous. So there is another nurse who leans over to help me. She proceeds to stick me with the dirty IV needle. <laughs> That's a help. Here, I'm going to give you some HIV. <laughs> that she had just used on our drug overdose patient. Oh, oh, Merry Christmas. She asked something along the lines of, oh, did I get you? Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, you did. I say yes, and I immediately go and wash my finger in hot soapy water. So clearly I'm freaking out even more than I was before. So now she's not just shaking. She's practically convulsing, yeah. probably. And that hurts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I did it. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I'm an <laughs> idiot. How am I a nurse? I don't know. <laughs> so I, I'm in a hurry. I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to put a medication in the IV bag. And I stabbed myself through the IV bag. Jesus. Because, you know, it's a little Oh, you're holding the thing. I was like. <laughs> 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 I pulled out. I'm like exsanguinating <laughs> I'm like, I gotta change the IV bag now. I look like an asshole. Yeah, so it hurts like a mother. Okay. All right, I gotta. I keep losing my. I place. keep my composure. I keep losing my. All right, so clearly I'm freaking. I'm one there was four. I keep my composure. And I continue to help in any way I can. Not much, bless it. <laughs> then when the code is done, I walk up to my mentor, who I barely. I have to switch to the next picture because it was sent to me via picture. So just give me a second. <laughs> I'm not technically savvy. Okay. So I walk up to my mentor, who I had barely spoken to, and I tell her what happened. I was holding back tears. It's frightening yeah. when you have these, they're like a Petri dish of God knows what, mm-hmm. when they could be HIV, Hep C. It's, it's terrifying. And you're also coming down from the adrenaline, yeah. so everything in your body is just yeah. crazy. And you're like, yeah. I just fucked up. Yeah. She sighs and says, we need to go and tell the charge nurse. I respond, she knows she's the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad when the charge nurse is the one that fucking sticks you. <laughs> I don't even have the words to describe her reaction. She was as no- annoyed as fuck. That's me every day. Yeah. She was as annoyed as fuck. She takes me into the office and the charger ends up taking me to employee health, which a good for nothing. Mm-hmm. They ask me a ton of questions Unless and provide you're an employee me with health nurse and we appreciate. Right. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, that's it. They provide me with ample education. Luckily, the needle that stuck me didn't draw any blood, so the chances of something being transmitted were basically nothing. I also learned that in such a case, you should clean the area with alcohol rather than soap and water. Thanks for nothing, nursing school. <laughs> yeah, it really does nothing. When I got out of there, the change, the charge nurse was still waiting to take me back down to the ED. Are you out of your fucking mind? I'm going home. I've had a traumatic event. <laughs> we've had we've had nurses go home for less. Oh, okay. She was very kind and apologetic, as she should be. She should have bought you coffee. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, if that isn't considered being baptized by fire, I don't know what is. You're absolutely that correct. Is that's a that's shit out. Show yeah. of a first first day, day one. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's lounge talk. That's what I say. It's something. No, it's yeah. a story to tell, and this is a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Sisters, scrubs. I didn't work there long. No shock. <laughs> just because of the circumstances. But I did learn so much. The day put the fear of God in me. I have seen a few people get stuck with dirty needles now, and the experience has given me the understanding to both make sure that my coworkers know what to do and give them the support they need emotionally. I love listening to y'all. Thank you for sharing all that you do. We love having you listen to us, and we love sharing all our weird nonsense. Thanks, Tess. Yes, we've all been, uh, Laura and I have both been stuck because we work with needles. We work all the time. With sewing needle uh not sewing needles you know, like needles. suture needles and hypodermic needles i've stuck people blades. people have stuck me yeah, yeah sliced with blades saw blades oh yeah and it's terrifying every time so yeah. i get it i get it so thank you for your story greatly appreciate it my i don't know if we told the story about being stuck but um our friend um ku mm-hmm. was scrubbed one day and i'm circulating the room and she scrubbed in and she had her two closing sutures on the mayo mm-hmm. like on a tray ready for the surgeons and then she was telling me a story and you know she oh, was using her hands and she put both her hands like slapped down onto the mayo literally she oh. stuck herself with both sutures <laughs> in one hand and one in the other literally the same spot she's like oh <laughs> and i'm hysterical laughing i'm like hey. they're like what's going on but she does that both her hands <laughs> palm of her hands both of them. <laughs> it was so funny i mean not funny but it was so <laughs> funny and then you pull it out and you watch oh, the, the gloves fill, fill up with blood. blood it's such a good time <laughs> oh, so yeah. much fun. that was like that was the best stick i've ever oh seen. my god i've done it and you're just like mm-hmm. oh, and it's hurts. like and you've got this curved needle sticking yeah. in you're like <laughs> you have to finish the case you're like oh, I need a new pair of gloves and some beta dye <laughs> I know. we do it all the time so it's bad sorry you got stuck I know it was a terrifying experience yes. but it's a good story for Sisters yeah. and Scrubs alright so we have this one y'all oh I love the y'all I love your pa- I love that they write it like, I do too we say wicked stupid shit but I don't usually write it in, right. but I love that they write it okay Um, I love your podcast so freaking much I listen to I you do on too. my I know <laughs> I listen to you on my way to work, at work, on the plane, everywhere. I love the way you tell the stories, and y'all are fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I feel like I'm hanging out, having drinks of coffee, and just laughing my ass off with both of you. Um, not only that, but I have learned a lot about a lot from y'all. Thank you. Because I, I think I'm pretty stupid. Oh, I, thank you. <laughs> I have told the Coconut Grove story probably a dozen oh, times. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. One of my favorites. And the Halifax story was riveting. I thought it was pretty riveting. Yeah. Um, I forced so many people to listen to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. Well, Keep at least going. Now they know. Doing it. Um, I'm not sure if you've already covered the MGM fire in Vegas because I haven't listened to them all yet. But could you if you haven't? It's a fascinating story, but I don't know all the details. I would love to hear it in your style. 
Keep it up, y'all. Jess. Thank well, you, Jess. Jess. I, I think that sounds like an excellent idea. I don't think I've ever heard of the MGF fire no. in Vegas. But so I think we're going to We're look. on it. We're yeah. just going to figure out what juicy little tidbit we'll pair it with. We can kind of talk <laughs> about it. Who else is going to die in It's going to get named and mangled. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> that might be February. Who knows? <laughs> So those were two great letters we got. Yes. Keep them coming. We love, yes. love, love so to hear. Like, if you see my face light up when one of these pops up mm-hmm. on my little feed, and I'm like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. selling the kids. I'm like, I got fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ma, get a grip. I'm like, shut up. It's all I got, guys. I'll okay. Take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so right. um, this is the end of the January episodes. Mm-hmm. We will see you in February. We got some fun stuff kind of geared for February, at least half of it anyway. (laughs) And we'll see what the rest brings. Yeah, apparently we've got a March episode with the MGM. I know. Oh, yeah. I think we might do that. Yeah. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. The year is going to get better. I'm convinced March is coming in like a lion. I mean, uh, 2021 (laughs) is coming in like a lion and going out like a lamb. So let's just see where it takes us, for the love of God. I've gotten vaccinated. We can get everybody vaccinated. I got to get these masks off my face and I have to talk to people, please. I just can't even fathom like life going back to normal. Well, yeah, I was getting walking. my kids in school again. Yeah, I'm walking with my friend Rebecca. So, you know, we're walk, walking. And then I'm like, <laughs> I like the image of oh, your kids. It's fast. It's yeah. like, you know, so then we're saying something. I'm like, she's like, you know, I mean, I only have two things to do today. So I'll be done with that in like an hour. So I'm pretty sure. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing to do today. Yeah. So, and I'm like, what the hell are we going to do when life goes back? And we're like, what the fuck? How did we do all this shit before one day? You know what? When life goes back, I guarantee you half the workforce is going to be working from home. No, but I mean, even just like the, okay, you're going to get the kids from here. Right, right, right. Like we don't have to do that anymore. Well, so on the just... other side of this, I'm going to have a kid that's driving. I know. I'm going to have a third driver in the house. I know. I may even have a graduate if this continues much longer. <laughs> I, I mean, my kids, by the time they're finished, won't need school anymore. I know. But it's just going to be like, so we're going to be like, shit, yeah. how did I fit all this stuff into yeah, one day? Exactly. Like, I just want to see people. I want to go out. I want to have a restaurant and be fun. I want to sit at a bar and laugh. And I want to go dancing. I want to go dance. I'm dancing in the shower way too much because I'm like, oh, we can be I'm dancing around the house. My kids think I'm nuts. I'm I, like, need, I just want to go yeah. dancing. Oh, my 90s hip hop. I'm yeah. like, oh, I got to get out there. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Anyways, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at scissors and scrubs and email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissors and scrubs at gmail.com